most fearsome fighting team. We're really pissed. They're heroes in the half shell and they're green. Hey, get a grip. When the evil shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut them no slack. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Slayer taught them to be ninja teens. He's a radical rat. Leonardo leads Donatello's dust machines. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is a party dude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea, episode 129. And I don't need to explain what the intro was. So if you've been following great. us, there it is. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot that Donatello had a huge coffee machine. <laughs> coffee maker in the, <laughs> the beginning of that. <laughs> oh man, one of the I think I gotta say I think yeah. one of the greatest like Saturday morning cartoon intros I think ever, and like it's it might be the catchiest song ever. Oh, agreed, agreed. It's fantastic. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's, for me, it's that and Ducktales. I could still sing both of them. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us as always. If you're joining us, uh, joining us on the Facebook live stream. You're joining us on uh, YouTube or X, X, uh, X, Instagram. which soon you'll be paying for it. <laughs> uh, I will not. <laughs> no, me neither. Sure, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Uh, and uh, yeah, wherever you found your audio-only podcast, we appreciate it as always. And uh, yeah, we're we're going through. We're still doing our turtle retrospective, and uh, yeah, we've got us to. TMNT, which was in 2007, the latest incarnation of the Turtles at that time. But um, we'll get into more of the history of it because there was a that was a very weird time for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, apparently, uh, because we did stumble upon another animated film called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Turtles Forever, which was the brings it was the finale of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that ran from 2003 to 2009 and that served as the series finale so they ended it with a movie and a very interesting movie at that because it tied into our opening and i think it definitely speaks to me and jason as well because the turtles we grew up with the 1987 teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah no for sure like this this might be my favorite ninja turtles movie just, just because it has the, <laughs> it has the cartoons in it, and that's my favorite. Like, I got yeah. Krang, I got cartoon Krang. You did. You got Foot Clan. You got Shredder, Krang, Krang with the body, Technodrome, and everything. Like it was, it was, it was wild. Um, and we do have a season finale of Harley Quinn season four. So uh, a lot of that together. But I'm Ed, and with me as always is Jason. Jason, what's up, man? Hey, good to be here. Happy. That is Monday or Tuesday. I'm losing track of time. I, I went back to school. I still have no idea what day it is. Uh, but yeah, no, ha happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Uh, good to be here. Glad to be here. Kicking ass with Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've got no, I've got no bit. I've got no story. I didn't even think about this. But I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. Uh, the reason we are covering Ninja Turtles forever 
is is it's my son. It's not me. It's not Ed. Like I was watching this, and then uh, I was finished with this, and my son was like, "I want to watch more Ninja Turtles." So I was like, "All right, buddy, let's figure something out." I, I opened it up on Paramount Plus, and this is the one he pointed to, and I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden, like I'm like, "Wait, the old Ninja Turtles are in this?" The the cartoons wow and then like 20 minutes in i'm texting that like we, we got to do this this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was it, it, well whatever I'll, I'll save it for that but yeah but that is we're, we're gonna be getting into in depth in that so if, if that's your turtle run then listen by by all means we're, we're covering apparently multi-generations of ninja turtles we uh, really are this. look we deep dive here too. There's many deep dives all over pop culture bros. Yeah, there absolutely is. And the, the history of the Ninja Turtles is is fascinating. And this Turtles Forever, if you haven't seen it, really touches on uh, a good chunk of it. I mean, the, that existed at that time because apparently it kept going after that. So, uh, but before we do get back into uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we do have Harley Quinn season four episode 10 the series this series the season finale thankfully not the series finale because it certainly sets up a season five so oh yeah oh boy does it um all right so i'm gonna shame us both i'm gonna shame you i'm gonna shame me okay because neither of us called that this was going into Oracle territory. How the fuck did we not see that? The Joker shot Batgirl. How did neither of us call Oracle? Because I I think we assumed death. We didn't assume yes. paralyzed. Like, yeah, we went straight to death. And I think, honestly, I think the show did that on purpose. We went straight to death because we saw Nightwing get killed. And we assumed yep. death. Uh... And even that is reversed at the end, but we'll get to it. But, uh, all right, so this episode, I actually think this, I don't know how you feel about it. I think this episode sticks the landing of the uh, end of the season. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it does some really good things. Um, I really enjoy, so we go to the moon for Lex Luthor's birthday party. Ivy is realizing that no one takes her seriously because all the villains are pieces of shit. Um, go figure. Yeah, <laughs> <Basically>. right. Because <laughs> they keep making like they're like, "Oh, you were serious about the uh, you know eco-friendly terrorism," and she's like, "Yeah, that's why I got into this business." And they're like <laughs> laughing at her. So she decides, her and Harley, they're gonna go to uh, the moon to kill Lex Luthor on his birthday, his fortieth uh, birthday again, fortieth or thirtieth. Uh, I think they said it was his like sixteenth. 30th birth, a 40th That's birthday it. or something like that? Yeah, That's something it. Yeah. Like that. <clears throat> um, fun part. So, as I said, uh, Batgirl is not dead. We're just getting an Oracle situation. She's paralyzed. Uh, you get Jim Gordon fucking flipping out. Like, I'm going to rip this. Whoever did this, I'm going to skin him alive. I bring this up because it comes in at the end. Uh, Harley Quinn pretty much goes to the Joker's house and threatens his children <laughs> to get him. And then she can't kill him. But she can't let him go, and that's, like, the whole crux of, like, her, I mean, the season, right? Is she a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. That, and then I think that's Harley's character, like, arc in the comic books, right? She starts off bad, and then, like, she transforms into, what is she? Um, so she pretty much has the Joker on a leash 
with blinders on like her dog and she takes him to the moon and he has great lines like hey i smell money are we on lex luther's moon base and stuff like that it's great <laughs> um, they decide they're gonna undo lex luthor's uh you know uh sun killing ray they get one of his dune buggies go to do that he chases them they contact or batgirl who's going to become oracle she's pretty much fucks with his ride you know uh let's uh harley and poison ivy go and stop the ray you see a very very fucked up superman <laughs> yeah because uh, he hasn't had some like the whole time because of the whole ozone layer you know yep. uh destruction there but I, I think it was interesting that that they were playing that joke for a little bit and then at the end when he gets you know when that whole thing is done and he is doing like this huge thing with like pushing the fucking was it like the moon or something like that yeah because the moon cracks yeah that he ends up putting it back together and harley's like you know she said he's because she also saves him yes like all and, distorted superman and and that's the thing that's part of it like because she sees him and she's like, come on, Harley, I thought you were a good guy. And she's like, no, no, I'm I'm an independent contractor. I don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they actually could have left Superman there. They did what yeah. they had to do. And Harley goes back for him. And Superman has a line. He's like, Harley, I knew you were a hero. And that that is, you know, she, and she kind of just at the end says, I'm not a hero. I'm not a villain. I'm fucking Harley Quinn. I'm better. And yeah. that, you know, uh, I'm in for that. Uh, but I do like that. I think like they Superman had purpose. Superman's weakness had purpose because it was highlighting Harley's character arc. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it did serve a purpose. It wasn't just like another gag or something like that. Because then I mean, it easily could have been played for that. And I thought that would have been kind of dumb if that was the case. Because uh, you had the Flash stuff and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, her her arc is fine, but. It, you know, she she guessed she was a self-discovery mission, and by the end of this, her and Poison Ivy are kind of back together, essentially, where they we kind of felt like they should have been throughout yeah. this entire season. Um, and Bruce Wayne apparently <laughs> just decides to leave and is like, I'm getting out of here. But of course he does. I mean, that's how rich people get out of prison I yeah. mean, because he goes because he sees gotham burning uh and he goes gotham needs bruce wayne call the judge tell them that i just gave their kid an internship at wayne technology and as he's leaving alfred is coming in and yes. douche movies like alfred i'll see you at the mansion and yeah. it's like no motherfucker <laughs> i'm in prison so what did you think of that that them wrapping, or I don't know, is it wrapped up the Alfred storyline that we were kind of excited for, but then kind of like got tabled for a while? I, I mean, he's still in Blackgate, so I hope not. I yeah. hope they do something interesting with him next season, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it was It's a missed opportunity this season. Whether they do anything or not next season, missed opportunity, because there was a lot of fun they could have really delved into there. That's also kind of how I felt about the Bruce Wayne thing. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I just that felt was... like it was just to get him out of the way for the season, and that was pretty yeah. much it. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, because we knew like earlier that Bruce Wayne was like DJing or something like that. He became like some sort of DJ and everything, and 
I just thought which we see in this episode. No, 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 no. We, we they do follow up on that. They didn't forget about it, but I just kind of don't know those two storylines. I kind of felt like there was. I thought there was going to be more to it, and we just we just like, nah, we're okay. And and that's well, that. I, th- I think that goes to the the whole problem we've had with the season is, uh, it was very Harley Ivy centric and not really like uh you know delving into side characters i mean my biggest critique of this season and this episode is where the fuck was clayface yeah that's another thing that got that whole thing didn't really pay off that much either um even at the end even at the birthday party he's in the episode but he's doing this weird like virtual you know like hologram thing and it's like I, I don't know. Did Alan Tudyk tell you he'd only do one character at a time? Like, why, 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 why is Clayface not in this season? I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you that I think it's a strong finale for this season, but I do think overall this season is the lesser of the four. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I just think this this episode I think was a particularly strong ending yeah. for what we got. But I agree. I think this season. It's actually the only season I've ever said is hit or miss. I mean, the, I you the first three seasons I thought were flawless from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think when you set the bar that high, like this show has for the first three seasons, I mean, going into a season four, there are expectations. So I think the ep- I agree the the episode is a really strong episode, but I think the season, you know, if I got it, which we do, what's what we're doing, we're critiquing it. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a couple of pretty not great episodes during the season. No, I that's the thing. There, there were two or three pretty boring episodes. Uh, I didn't understand. I, I I don't think the arc was as fleshed out as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there was interesting things. Like I thought, like the Harley Potato clone was interesting, but like that becomes a one one episode gag instead of yeah. something that could have been something. Um, uh, Talia Al Ghul could have been more. Like that's the thing. It's everything could have been more, and I think that's the crux of the problem of this season as opposed to the others. Is every other season was an ensemble where Harley was the lead, mm-hmm. and this season was Harley and Ivy are the stars, and there is no ensemble. They're just yeah, guest I, players, and it just seems like there was a lot of things being set up here that never really, they never paid off. It was almost like they maybe they were nervous about not getting another season, and they were like just throwing maybe. shit at the wall, and they just weren't really sure, so they wanted to get everything in there. And I can't imagine why they wouldn't have another season. I mean, I haven't seen anything about a cancellation yet, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen it. I've actually seen that uh, it's looking good for a second season. But I mean, you know, that's like rumors yeah. and shit. But yeah, um, you know. But I, I hope they get a second season because what they set up for us uh, is, uh huh, a fifth season. Oh, what did I, what did I say? If, uh, fifth second. Oh, <laughs> I meant yeah. <laughs> I, another is what I meant. A fifth season. Uh, what they're setting up for us is the Gotham Sirens, which I'm all for. Like we get uh, Ivy is out of the the evil league. Harley is kind of figuring she's figured herself out and she wants to be independent. Um, Oracle is joining them. Catwoman shows up to help them at the end. Um, uh, you know, so I, I, again, I like this show works best 
when it takes famous comic book plot lines and turns it on its fucking ass because this is a Harley Quinn story. Mm-hmm. I think like when they did um, that second season, which was all No Man's Land, yeah, but it was through Harley Quinn. I thought that that's my favorite season. Uh, you know, when it did uh, like it, everything, everything it does from the comics, uh, it it does it so well. I really want to see them do the Gotham Sirens very well. And I, they had a couple of missteps this season. I'm still going to trust them next season. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not like you know, shitting on the show at all now, but and just to critique it. Yeah. I would like to see the Gotham city sirens next season. I mean, they literally name drop it at the end. Oh yeah. Have, that's where all, they're going. Yeah. You have all the players set up, you know, Batman is back in the fold now. Uh, I just, I just hope that they pull that. And also, you had mentioned about Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah. apparently, Talia go through Nightwing into the Lazarus pit, and he came out and really wants revenge on Harley Harley Quinn now. Yes, and I'm really interested where that's going because I, I mean, are they going to make him? Uh, are they going to pull like almost a Red Hood, but with him? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. Or are they just going to have him back? And I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to predict. Apparently, where this show's going because we thought we had it. I thought I had it with Clayface the whole season, and yeah, I certainly did not. Now this this show, it's hard to predict. Insane people write it. You have to think like <laughs> insane people. Um, but I, but I actually, you know what though? I also we should have called Nightwing being brought back. Right here, we are decrying two two members of the Bat Family dead. And what's the rule, Ed? What's the fucking rule? You have stated it forever. The only people that stay dead in apparently any iteration of comics is Thomas and Martha Wayne and Uncle Ben. And that's That's right. Everyone else is up for grabs. And here we are going Nightwing's dead, Batgirl's. No, no one's dead. They're all coming back. (laughs) So even in the Harley Quinn universe, the rules still apply. The rules always apply. Look. It's like in uh, in Into the Spider-Verse, right? You always have to lose the Uncle Ben. So in every multiverse, the rules apply. It doesn't matter if it's Harley Quinn's story, if it's a Batman's. It doesn't matter if it is a fucking 12-year-old Scarecrow story. The rules apply. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Well, well, I think, I, I don't know. Who the hell knows when we're getting the fifth season with the writer's strike and everything else that's going on? I mean... <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. So hopefully sooner than later. Um, all right. So that brings us to uh, our found movie, thankfully. Yeah. By Finn, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles Forever. So to give a little background on some people who might be like, what the hell is that? Um, so th- there, during the many reboots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there was a second animated series. Right, so we have the original comics, which we did. it's definitely important in this. Uh, then yep. we have the '87 Turtles, which is the one that most people, uh, at least our age group and you know a little younger, had grown up on. Which I got my shirt this week over nice. here too for. Um, then we got the live action films, which you've covered, um, and that will be important to mention tonight because that is we'll we'll just we'll discuss whether that's tied into. TMNT 2007 or not, because that apparently is not crystal clear either. The turtle, the turtle's history has been very murky at times, but yeah. this one here, 
though. So there was a series launched in 2003 and it landed in 2009, which is this movie wrapped it up. This was the series finale, uh, which was an hour and a half uh, TV movie that was on uh, like CW Kids or some crap like that. So this version of the Turtles, though, was apparently awfully gritty and darker. And there was a lot of things behind it that was trying to be more faithful to the comic books while still trying to sell toys at the same time. And as that run was going, the toy line wasn't going as well. So they were ordered to lighten it up. And then they lightened it up and they made something called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fast Forward that put them into the future. And they were like fighting robots and aliens and all this other crap. And they were like, no, 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 no. No one likes it now. So let's scale it back. And then they go back in time. And then they start, they do that. And then this is kind of what, what ended it. So um, I will say, though, for this movie, they were the originals, at least for TV. Like, well, besides the Spider-Man Fox cartoon that we both grew up with. Yes. I, I honestly think the Turtles kind of nailed the multiverse I... before anybody. May, they may have done it the best. I was going to say that, like, you, you kind of you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, like, I'm not saying that this is into the Spider-Verse for the time and the franchise of the Turtles, but this is into the Spider-Verse for the time and the franchise of the Turtles. And this does what Spider-Verse does, which yeah. is, like, sort of explore the different, like, iterations in media and incorporate them all together. Like I really, and I don't feel one ripped off the other. I'm not saying that like Spider-Man is a vast history of multiverse shit that has nothing to do with the turtles, the turtles. I don't think they stole from anything. I'm just saying that like the, the, this movie reminded me a lot of Spider-Verse in the sense that it was bringing together different, like media iterations of really popular characters in a story that makes sense and having them, like playing with the tone in a way that makes sense. Like I, I really think like the fact that this was a TV movie for children blows me away. Yeah, I, I, I will, I'm gonna second that because it's it, they obviously weren't dealing with what it was, and apparently this was also created. And I'm just the more I started reading about it, the concept was fascinating. So this came out in 2009. All right. This was the 25th anniversary of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that's why they made this to wrap everything oh. up and to kind of really say, you know, every multiverse essentially because everything counts, right? You don't want to yeah. discount any kind of versions of it. So that's that's there was a lot going behind this, and apparently, right, the voice actors from the original series, right, and the music couldn't be used, which we used, so we'll see if that's the whole goes, but yeah, um, see if you if. They only came after us with Prince. Prince is the only one that came after us. Apparently. That's true, yeah. So um, they couldn't use any of them because they were all SAG-AFTRA. And the, the people, producers of this, did not have a contract with them. So it's kind of funny how that ties into what's going on right now. Wow. So they had to get in. That's why, if you notice, the Turtles all are, none of them are the same. I You know what? I... I think some of the turtles were doing some of the voice actors doing good impressions of the turtles. I did clock yeah. Leo sounded nothing like it, but the biggest clock was Uncle Phil was not the shredder. And I think like 
you like I you know that from the second the yes, shredder speaks. <laughs> so that's that's what's in there. So to give just the overall story of what's going on here, the it picks up with the 2003. We'll just call that the 2003 Ninja Turtles are trying to get some tech that's coming back from this uh, from one of their villains who's not Shredder, and apparently Shredder at this point in the series is believed to be kind of like done and dead, like they're not really dealing with him at the time. And they go ahead and then there's like some weird shit that's going on there. And then they find that the 1987 Ninja Turtles are held captive at the yeah. time. <laughs> and it's due to Krang in their universe, in the 87 universe, was using the Technodrome and you know the whole Dimension X thing and ended up ripping through like you know to this universe now and that's what, what's picking up here and then they're talking about shredder and everything else and these guys are like what the hell are you talking about shredder shredder's gone and everything and there's this they were there to get these mutagen vials that were there and they uh the the villain that's there ends up getting a hold of them it it, it does yeah it's there, there's a lot going on in this thing yeah, there is. And I love the line that Donatella is like, what is that? Is like, oh, mutagen? Yeah, that's no biggie. I mean, we wrestle this stuff from the shred head every week. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, yeah, so they ended up like the, the 2003 Shredder ends up coming like, you know, back to life whenever he gets like a new body. And which, he's which, apparently really evil. <laughs> Which I love this because the whole reason he comes back to life is because Shredder and Krang realize also realize they're in this uh, other dimension, and Shredder realizing him and Krang are useless cartoons. Are like, well, uh, let's go find the Shredder in this universe. And he looks, he looks at the history, and he's like, "This guy's badass. Let's go find him." Yeah. And they find him, and he's a fucking squid. <laughs> I just was kind of know what the hell squid? happened to him. I don't know either. Yeah, I wanted to know what happened, and I I meant to. I'm, I'll probably end up looking into that. But he ends up getting like a new body because this Shredder's daughter is also running the Foot Clan at the time, and they bring him back. But this Shredder is like, listen, I hate. I'm done with the turtles. He sees there's eight turtles now. He loses his mind, and he's like, listen, I'm gonna destroy all the turtles. So he ends up hijacking the Technodrome from the '87 Shredder, and kind of locks him in crying up, and. Is his goal is I'm just wiping everything out. Screw this. But as he's there's a scene where he's also looking around, he sees every version of the turtles that there are, and there's the live action one, is the yep. next mutation one. Uh, it's it's really interesting. There's the black and white one, which apparently he finds out that he has to destroy the turtles prime, and the turtles prime. The big reveal is that it's the original black and white right. noir. Ninja Turtles, and then there's a race for the Shredder, for this Shredder to go back to, he's trying to destroy that planet, both versions of the Turtles are trying to work together, and they end up trying, they all meet up on, on Earth Prime or whatever, on the, tur the Turtle Prime, the, then those two groups of Turtles get together with the, tur the Prime groups of Turtles, and that scene was one of my favorite scenes, actually. That was all, I love that Raffi, Raff from the, not 87 not turtles prime but like the the, the third yeah. draft 2003 it's like i love these guys hey guys i'm cool like you and they like beat the shit and they get them get them in like an arm grip and stuff and that was great <laughs> uh, 
Um, I love that the black and white like turtles are turtles prime because it's like because again it's so way smarter than you would expect for kids because what they're literally saying is we acknowledge that this is where the fucking franchise starts yeah and to wipe the franchise out you have like you have to get at its roots and that's ultimately what it's what it's doing and it's like it's way smarter than it has any right to be for a children's show written for tv oh uh, agreed and then the turtles end up working together and stuff like that and then Rocksteady and Bebop, like they, they end up great. finding out they like there's a kaiju shredder that this the 2003 shredder ends up being. And then there's a kaiju krang, the krang body turns into that, and they find out they gotta use a technodrome laser to take down both of them, but then someone unplugs it and then Bebop and Rocksteady plug it back in and they have to go ahead and, and, and that's what takes them down. But and at the at the end of this though, like or just about the end. The, one of the things that was really cool too is that we see, you know, a voiceover by Eastman and Laird writing the first Turtles comic, and they're kind of like, "Yeah, we hope this thing kicks off and picks up one day and stuff like that." And I thought that was a perfect way to like to end this whole thing. Well, we'll get into more yeah. details more along the way, but it, it was—I was blown. You're right. That's a really good way to describe it. This TV movie, this animated TV movie for kids, is genius. It, genuinely it really is. is. And um, just the, the 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 stark differences between tone, which they're very aware of, like the cartoon turtles from 87 are cartoons from a yes. children's show because that's what they are like. And I'm watching it like there were times I'm going, oh, man, they're so cheesy. But then I got to remind myself, these are the, the turtles that go, you're not a chicken. I, you're, I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey. Like that's these turtles. So the yeah. fact that they're like childlike, but I but I also like they're childlike, but they're still competent. Like Donatello still creates something. There, Donatello eighty seven creates the thing that that saves them and gets them to the next universe, right? Like, yeah, they're still competent though childlike. And and I thought the same thing about Shredder and Krang. Like they're competent villains for these Ninja Turtles. But when put into the bigger spectrum of a darker world, they're cartoons. And um, what's her face? The Shredder's daughter says that. They're yeah. like about like the foot soldiers. She's like, well, I mean, you know, they're comically cartoonish, but we can fix this up. And it's like, that's kind of like what they're doing, right? They literally went, well, yeah, 87 was cartoonish, but we can make it darker for a new generation. And I... I like just these the the internal comments on it, uh, you know, of the difference in tone. I was like, it was really really fun. Yeah, I, I think it is a lot of fun. I mean, I I think there was times where I thought I I did enjoy the joke of it. You know, that was there, and like you know the, the difference in tone and stuff like that. And the Raphael from two thousand three is the one who's kind of like the badass one and kind of annoyed with the eighty seven turtles. Um, except for again, Don, well, actually, there's a couple of funny moments when Donatello from '87 does do a lot of technical shit, and they're just like, "Wait, what? How does that matter?" Yeah, and he's kind of like, he tell them, "I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just handle yep. it. This is what we do." <laughs> and it works, though. It's not like it doesn't work. Like he's building nonsense. Like it actually and, works. And that's what I thought really worked. Like if, like, yes, I like. There are times where I thought, like, okay, they're kind of pushing their childlikeness. It's it's a bit too immature. 
uh, for me. But like, but the it's it's the saving grace is the fact that they're competent. What Donatello does, despite the fact that he's childlike, works and saves them. Despite the fact that the rest of the turtles are childlike, they hold their own and fight, and no one has to like pluck them out of harm's way. They're all capable. And I think that's what makes it work for me. Yeah, and it was I thought it was funny too, like the way the eighty-seven turtles are like not using their weapons really. Yeah. And they're just and I'm pretty sure that gets pointed out at one point. And they're just doing crazy shit, like the exploding ninja star, by the way, which ends up saving the day at the at the end yes. of this thing. That yes, becomes it does. huge. So I, I did enjoy that. And of course the Michelangelo's get along, like right off the bat and stuff like that. And the 87 Turtles are just kind of looking for pizza and stuff like that constantly, while the 2003 ones are not really about yeah. that that much and stuff. They're pissed um, off at them. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're annoyed with them. But I do like the fact that because they go to the 87 world also at one point, yep. and they do look different, and they, they meet that April O'Neil, and they're like, yeah, well, you can almost set your clock to it. Like We save her like literally every day. Every day. And I love that they fight like mutated fruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are they fighting? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just it's just a crazier universe, and they they acknowledge that. But I did love the fact that the splint, the both splinters, all the turtles respected both splinters, though. Yes, and he was welcoming to both of them. Yes, both splinters yeah, welcomed the the other turtles, which I thought was really cool. Um, but then when we, as we mentioned later on in for the finale, they meet the a, a turtles prime, which are the eighty seven turtles, and they're like noir and they're narrating and shit like that and they're like bloodthirsty and stuff and they're like serious shit and i love the fact that i can't remember who the hell it was one of the one of the the and the card the colorful turtles pretty much points out like why is he narrating are they insane like what is that going was, on here? that was great because it's Raphael, and he's like here yeah. they are Eight people, eight eight turtles like us stealing our gig. Are they sent by? And he's got this whole internal monologue, and you think that he it's just in his head, but no, he's saying it out loud because yeah, one of the turtles says, "Why is he monologuing? Is he insane?" (laughs) (laughs) Great moment. Uh, I thought I thought that was great, and apparently Kaiju Shredder was like has the prime turtles in his fist and is about to break them, and that's his goal. Is he feels like if he kills them. He wipes out all the turtles everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, they end up, like we mentioned, they end up saving the day and stuff like that. It was cool to see Rocksteady and Bebop involved in this and the other universe doesn't have it. Um, that was I, that was actually so funny because it was it was so classic Rocksteady and Bebop because they betray Shredder and Krang for Super Shredder. And then when they unplug and then replug in the thing, they actually think they're helping Kaiju Shredder. And they have that uh-huh. moment like, oh, oh, the boss is going to give us a good thanks. And then later on, when they realize they fucked up, it's like, oh, the boss is going to yell at us. And it's so <laughs> funny because it's like, that kind of is how they were in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I do admit that I think as I was watching it, I had to kind of like reflect on it a bit. And I was like, am I being kind of defensive about the 87 Turtles, like nostalgic defensive about them? So I'm like, no, nah, they were goofy. That's 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 fine. Um, yeah, it was their charm. I mean, I no, it was. it was. No, no, no. I, I still think it was awesome and stuff like that. So I, I think it was actually pretty smart, Ian, that that's how it was going. Um, yeah. And like I said, the, the ending was cool. And the fact that this wrapped up that series and also kind of like gave us somewhat of an ending – 
too. I don't even remember how the 87 Turtles uh, ended or oh. anything like that. No. Those shows don't have endings. They just stop. No, I, I don't know. I thought maybe they did. I, I was like, because this was a definitive ending for this life. Yeah, like, this you're is right. the end of this. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool, but I did. I sent you the YouTube video, but apparently when Nickelodeon took over uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they did their version, which I think was the latest series version, right? And they kind of did this storyline somewhat over again. Interesting. I, I'm interested to see that, but I, I don't know if I'd like it as much because this is so novel and yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd check it out though. Yeah, it was just yeah. It, it was uh, it, it was a different spin on this because I'm watching because they I on YouTube they have like the a, a scene of it. It's like five minutes, and it kind of sounded like the same thing. Like Krang was going ahead and going into their universe, and they were chasing him down. And okay. These turtles, they ran into each other and stuff like that and everything. So, but it was interesting though that Donatello has the same ray gun in that in that show. Oh yeah, that's right. So I wonder if this is acknowledging that this happened. Yeah, I, know, I guess we're gonna watch it to find out. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So that that would be pretty cool if that was the case. But if you're a turtles fan of whatever of either run, definitely I would highly recommend checking this out. This was this was actually pretty awesome. Absolutely, I had a lot of fun with this. It's it's like an hour hour ten. It's super quick. Um, actually, you know what my favorite part of this was? Well, one of my favorite parts is when uh, the the eighty seven turtles like, all right, let's grab our vehicles, and it's yes. the turtle van, which the turtle van <laughs> and the blimp, fine, but the fucking blimp, which like if anyone owned the blimp, the, I the did. Engine, yeah, it sucked. I mean, <laughs> it did suck. It, it was cool to have a blimp, but then I felt like oh. It got it got destroyed fairly quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I had it too. I mean, it's awesome to have a blimp, but but like I love the fact that Michelangelo, the 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 serious Michelangelo, is up there with like two of the eighty seven turtles. One is Michelangelo, and it's like, so what happens if you detract this? Well, I can explain it to you, but it's better if I show you. They <laughs> just fucking go down, and the two eighty seven turtles are insanely gleeful. And Michelangelo, the dark one, is like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it was just, it's just like, it was so self-aware. Like, the people who wrote this owned some of this merchandise as kids. They had to have. <laughs> oh, for sure. For, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other scene that I kind of really wanted to highlight with this. Um... Necessarily. Oh, I thought it was also interesting because I didn't know too much about the April O'Neil. I mean, apparently the April mm. O'Neil and Casey Jones from 2003 are living together and stuff, but they have like a, a fighter jet thing or some shit like that. Like they have like a weapon. I guess she's not a reporter. Uh, yeah, I really like. I, I don't wasn't know. sure it was. I wasn't sure. Like I, I kind of just went, "Oh, that's April. That's Casey. Cool. That's yeah. all I need to know." Like I didn't really think about it, but. But again, like my that's my bias. I didn't give a shit about this version. I was there for the eighty-seven. Oh, I was all there for the eighty-seven. But I was just, I was kind of interested to know because I don't know anything about the two thousand three one except for outside of this. And again, what I was kind of somewhat reading about earlier, you know, with hey, like how dark it was and how like they had to request to lighten it up because apparently it was getting really crazy. So there was like a zombie wow. Baxter Stockman at one point. 
who was trying to install his like consciousness into an actual fly. Yeah, I might have to watch some of this. this I, really I honestly boring. think it might it might be kind of interesting to tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I might watch some uh, with Finn. You know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I don't know. You're we're creating a well. You're creating a monster with this with this yeah. Ninja Turtles thing because this is gonna become he's gonna become obsessed with all of it. I yeah. I mean, he's already we bought him now. He he has shirts now. We I got nice. the poster. I picked the poster up the other day yeah. uh, from the Midway. He was very excited. He, he likes to look at it now because I haven't. I'm, we haven't put it up yet because I want to put it in a frame. But every now and then he's like, "Can I can I see the poster again?" <laughs> uh, all right, so that kind of brings us to our movie, movie of the week, the theatrical movie at least, uh, which was TMNT. That was the actual title of it uh, from 2007. So, as we had mentioned about this whole series that we were just talking about, that ran from 2003 to 2009, Warner Brothers distributed a 2007 version which had a different animation style and apparently was acknowledged in Turtles Forever briefly, but is there was no series or anything like that. It was just kind of very much on its own. Um, so so this was its own thing? Like this, this wasn't was, anything? Nope. It was literally okay. a one-off Ninja Turtles movie that they were hoping was going to kind of kick off things, but I don't know why they would launch this simultaneously with the other series going on. It was I, Someone probably had the rights and were like, fuck it, let's just yeah. put something out, is my guess. Um, all right, so right, right off the bat, right, the, there's some interesting voice cast. Chris Evans, yes, Captain America, is Casey Jones in this movie. Patrick Stewart. Yes, he is. Patrick Stewart oh. is in this movie as the villain, essentially. Yes, he is. Of, of, of yes, he movie. is. Um. And Sarah Michelle Gellar is April, April O'Neil in this movie. So you do have some star power uh, from the voice cast. And I, th I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think the other bit, so apparently there's also a big somewhat controversy around this movie because this movie did not do great at the box office. They also apparently didn't promote it very well. And a lot of people, this is kind of like referred to as the Forgotten Turtles. I like, didn't know this existed. Like you're, you're telling me this was in the theater? I had no idea. It was in the theater, and I remember vaguely it coming. Because I remember just being like, oh, they're dropping a TMNT. They didn't even bother spelling it out. That's actually what rang the bell for me with this. Um, so they had this, and the big thing is, is so the writer and director of this film says that this is a follow. This is in canon with the live action movie. I can see that actually. I I was actually going to ask you if you thought it was. Uh, um, I, but Laird Laird says no, it's not. So I don't know. Oh. Like who? It depends on who you believe. Well, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think I'd, I think I would believe the writer, the guy who wrote the fucking thing, would exactly. know what he had in mind. Even if Laird's like, no, that's not what we envisioned. It's like. If this guy wrote it and he's saying, yes, I envision this to be a follow-up, and me not knowing that, watch this and went, hey, this looks like it's a follow-up. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to believe the writer. <laughs> I agree, and that's kind of where I land. Because basically, the only time we get a mention of this, honestly, is at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, uh, Splinter has this whole like trophy room 
and there is the canister. <laughs> serial of killer it. trophy. <laughs> it's crazy. There's a TGI, uh, TG, TGRI thing from the second movie. There is a lot of, there's a couple items from the third movie. So, yes, they did not pretend that never happened. Uh, and I forgot what it was that was on the wall from the first movie. There is something also from the is first Is it Shredder's movie. helmet? Like, oh, it, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's clearly the Shredder helmet from the first film. Like, yeah. it's a very unique design. Yeah, that's not what it looks like in any other iteration. So, yeah, to me, yes, this is a follow-up. So this, I give this movie, so to be critical of it, I give this movie credit for trying something different with the Turtles because when this movie opens up, we we catch up with the Turtles where they're off, they're apparently broken up, essentially. Leonardo was sent, um, oh, was it like Havana or something like that? He's sent somewhere down south. And yeah, I mean to to hone his leadership skills or whatever. Like Splinter sends him away. Yeah, he sends him away to like hone his leadership skills, which I I'll get back to that in a second. Donatello is doing like um, IT work over the phone, and there's even a crack in there about someone calling and thinking some sort of like sex hotline. Yeah, and he kind of just like it's a it's definitely an adult joke slipped in there, but they don't make it like tasteless or anything. Um, Michelangelo is doing like kids parties and stuff as um, as basically a character of his own, like a turtle head on him and stuff like that. And Raphael is fighting crime in a metal suit called like the Night Watcher. Yeah, as a vigilante and the only person yes. who knows is Casey Jones. Exactly. So, AKA Chris Evans, AKA Captain America. <laughs> and April <laughs> O'Neil is not a reporter anymore in this either. She is like shipping artifacts around and stuff like that. She's doing kind of like an importing, exporting thing, it looks like. I don't know if she maybe ran into Jones Costanza. I, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> You, you literally can't say importing, exporting to me without me having Seinfeld. No, of course. And you knew that's where I was going with it. Of course. <laughs> um, so the thing is, all right, so I honestly, I this movie, it's interesting because this movie requires you to have, they assume that you have knowledge of the Ninja Turtles prior. Like, yes. I feel like if you're picking up the Ninja Turtles here, that's... I would. I have massive, massive issues with this film because what are you, what, what are you talking about then? It's just like they don't give you a lot. A lot. A lot of things are vague. Like Leonardo going away is very vague. It's kind of dumb in a way. I think uh, the Donatello thing. All right, fine. That checks out. Okay. Raphael. Yeah, I guess I can see that being a thing. Michelangelo. I guess he I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, do, I actually, I like did that you? because okay, I did because what else is my like? I think what else is Michelangelo gonna do? Like if the turtles yeah. aren't fighting crime and they gotta fucking make pizza money, Michelangelo's a fucking stoner man. He just wants to go and hang <laughs> out with like and party. So he's gonna go and like, hey guys, it's me, a ninja turtle in a costume. Like you know, I could see that. <laughs> Um, That's fine. It's just a Leonardo thing. It it just kind of, I thought it was weird. I agree that I think the Leonardo thing is weird. I think, like, I think the thing was they, the whole conceit is we need to get Leonardo out of the picture for a while because that's how the Turtles break up. He's the leader. They're leaderless. They're going to resent him. And that that is the whole thing. And I I actually really like that. Like, the whole thing is this brotherly grudge between 
Raphael and Leonardo. And actually, if you know, if you know anything about like the lore and the history, like you know, Raphael, I believe, either started out as the leader of the Ninja Turtles, like in the comics, like Leonardo became the leader like later on, from what I understand. Like, I don't think he always was. So I think that's an interesting push and pull of like both want to be the leader, one is coming back, the other is resentful. Like I did like that. Okay. Um I agree that like the reason Leonardo was gone is stupid. Like they for a movie that put a lot of thought into the lore of this and and like what as you said, like if you come in and you don't know anything about Ninja Turtles, you're not going to follow this. And I no. I actually like that. I did okay. like that because like it's kind of like like when we talk about Batman movies, and I'm like, I love Batman. I don't need to see the fucking Waynes get murdered every time. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like maybe they could have given us a bit more to go on, but like I don't need to see them mutating every single fucking iteration. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that they respected the audience enough to not go through the whole origin again. And, and all right, all right, fine. That's fair, but I also, I, I don't know. I, I, I do, I'm trying to imagine if this was my jumping off point for the turtles, because like, I wouldn't have gotten into it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to put myself in that. Obviously, based on the last four weeks, we already have, <laughs> and we have enough what you need for this. Again, if you're assuming that this is the follow up to the three live action films. We already have enough, but if we didn't know anything about them, and you were trying to launch relaunch the franchise based on this film, I can't imagine it. Plus, I, I will say that this is a very darker, like legitimately darker tone for this for the Ninja Turtles. This is nothing like the '87. Agreed. I need to watch more of the 2003 to see how dark that really got. It sounds like it, it kind of did, but it was still like on Fox Kids or whatever. Um, this movie takes a pretty serious tone. There's not a lot of humor in this. And then the little that's in it, I honestly didn't think it didn't work right. I thought it was just whatever. I, I do think this is like the blind to me, this is like the blind turtles. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. am I being I, too like, harsh on it, maybe? I, I mean, no. I, I mean I don't think it was here's the thing. I give it credit for what I said. Um but like as a movie, like after you get like after you get to the setup, after you're like if you put aside the relationship stuff that they're doing with the turtles, which I do really like, like Patrick Stewart's great, but what a boring villain. And you know, it's like the rock people, are those the rock people from I don't know, Dimension X? I didn't like I didn't recognize them. And it was and then it was like, okay, we're gonna turn on you, and then but no, I'm benevolent, I'm saving everyone, because Patrick Stewart can't be a bad guy. Like I I, I there were you know, there, I don't think it all works. Um Yeah, well but even all. trying to explain it, yeah. The con so the convoluted plot is this besides the turtles, Leonardo's gone for a while, the team breaks up, he ends up coming back, you know, April O'Neil brings him back, the turtle the team ends up getting back together. Little by little throughout the movie, Casey Jones is there as well. He kind of, you know, he teams up with them also, so they all fight together to save the day, yada, yada. The villain part of this is the movie actually opens up with this whole thing, God knows how many years in the past, and there is this dude who's there who ends up like he, oh, he opens up this like dimension 
where his brothers and stuff end up becoming like immortal or he becomes immortal, but then they end up becoming like rock people. So, and there's these thir 13 uh, aliens or 13 beasts that are unleashed. And in order to get his people from being rock people, he has to return the 13 beasts. So a little throughout the movie, they're trying to track down the beasts and stuff. And when they get to the last one, they end up trying to trick them by saying one of the turtles is the last beast. <clears throat> and obviously, I don't know how the hell that was supposed to work. I think they Yeah, didn't know. I mean, that that was pretty stupid. Um, but I will tell you that, like, that, that does facilitate probably my favorite part of this movie, which is when uh, Leonardo... Because Leonardo really hates whoever it is in the in the outfit that we we know is Raphael. The night, the night watcher, that. yeah. The night watcher. And he like hunts him down and kicks his ass and then Raphael reveals himself and then he kicks Leo's ass and I I think that's the best scene in the movie because Great. the action is so charged with this brotherly thing and then Raph walks away from an injured Leo and the second he realizes he's been taken <clears throat> he's full of regret he's like shit my brother we got to go save him and I just thought that was such for a movie about Ninja Turtles, I thought that was such a real sibling moment. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because I think, to me, that is by far the highlight of this. I will say something. That is the highlight of the film, is the Leo-Raphael showdown yeah. that we actually finally get in this. Because it seems like that's been building up throughout almost every iteration of Turtles. So we get that. And it's a great fight. It actually is, and you're right. Both of them kind of win both rounds of it. There's two rounds of it. One it wins each, so you don't get a definitive winner, of course. And um, I think the action in this movie does work. Like it's the story that doesn't work for me. And also, yeah, I agree. I think they went a little too blind of stripping the turtles down from at least the the thing I enjoyed about like even the the, the new one, right? The Seth Rogen turtles, we'll call them mm -hmm. that is they differentiated the turtles. You know, they became more individualized, I think. I enjoy that about the turtles. And they have, like, there is a level of fun to it. I didn't think this movie was a ton of fun. I think it yeah, was just... I can see that. It was okay. I'm, it's not horrible. It's not. I will say this. This movie is significantly better than Secret of the Ooze or Turtles 3, without question. Agreed. It's a, a, even even with the story problems, it's still better. Agreed, because it makes sense. Like even if it's a bit dull at times, and I think that's that's a problem with this. Yeah. It's dull at times. Like the villain is dull. the The rock people thing was uh, not confusing, just not interesting to me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, I really bought into as you said the the brotherly thing between them, but. Um, but yeah, it, but I think that's the thing. This isn't bad. It's just dull at times. And I think it was a mistake to gloss over Shredder like that. Like, oh yeah, Shredder, I agree. Shredder's gone. That was it. He never gets, he barely gets mentioned again. I agree. Shredder should have been the main villain of this or, or something. He should have been in this. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to have seen these turtles fight their Shredder. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Now, Cause, Cause again, we don't have a villain. Like, like no. Patrick Stewart's rock guy is not a villain, and the rock guys are not enough of villains. Now, if we're saying if we're gonna go with the idea that this is a follow-up to the live action films, whatever, you could have found the way to bring Shredder back. 
Because uh, remember, technically, Super Shredder was the last time we saw him. Okay. If that's the yeah. same guy. Yeah, and, and and you know how you bring him back? Oh, here's the Shredder. That's how they brought him back in the second one after Casey Jones murdered him by crushing him in the back of a... (laughs) Exactly. That's it. Mutagen. He's fine. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But yeah, this is... It is is interesting, though, in the whole Turtle War, how this is kind of like the Forgotten Turtle movie. And I can kind of understand why, though. Because we... Jason, I watched this, and then... Because of you stumbling upon Turtles Forever, I watched Turtles Forever, and I almost completely forgot about this movie, like, instantly. Same, same. I was really relying on you. (laughs) And I appreciate that. (laughs) Because Turtles Forever was just so much more engaging. And as I said, this was just dull. Like, there was was some stuff here. And here's what I'm going to say. If you are a Turtle fanatic, watch this. Yeah, check it out. Uh, if If you're not... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's enough here for you. I mean, I liked some of it. I didn't. I, again, I was bored by the other stuff. Um, I was happy that Sarah Michelle Geller was here. I'm a big Sarah Michelle Geller fan. From you know, yeah, big Buffy right, Buffy fan. Guy. Uh, you know, I love, of course, Patrick Stewart. I mean, Chris Star Evans. Trek, Chris Evans. Like you know, I mean, there's stuff going on here, but I think ultimately it's just this is, it's it's kind of boring. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I'm trying to imagine this being a jumping off point. Like, yes, let's rebuild, reboot the turtles theatrically. Let's go with this. And they probably just were like, they had no, that's why this I, movie probably wasn't promoted a lot because they kind of knew that it wasn't yeah. it. I'm willing to bet they were, because you said that there were turtles on TV at this point. They were probably the like other turtles. I, no, but the turtles but like and they, turtles forever were on TV at this point. Yeah, but like turtles are turtles, right? Like, yeah. so it's like this is rebooting it, but it's not rebooting it where you, if you're, if you watch that, you can follow this. Yeah, and I think that's what basic, they were. Yeah, if you have basic knowledge of the turtles, then whatever iteration yeah. is, you're, you're, you can get into this one. And I think that's what they were counting on. I think they were counting on the people who were watching the television show as it was going on, even though it was a different iteration. They were counting on like, all right, well, look, everyone, we don't have to reboot it. It's on TV. People are those people watching it to come see this. I think that's what they were thinking. Or hoping, and apparently they really didn't because well, I mean, no one came to see it. Yeah, apparently not. Who knew it was in the theater? I didn't. (laughs) And I would have. To be clear, I I'm in 2007. I might have seen this in the theater. Because I do support Sarah Michelle Gellar in the theater, and I do support Patrick Stewart in the theater. I do literally go to the movies like just to support certain actors. So had I known this existed, I may have seen this in the theater, but I had no idea. And this movie was pre-Captain America, so I wasn't really on board with Chris Evans at this point. Oh, I didn't know who he was at that point. Yeah, he was To me at that point, he was just the guy from Not Another Teen Movie, and that's it. Okay, yeah. That, that's, that's all that... he was. Yeah. So little little did we know at that time. That's true. So, all right. I mean, that kind of does it for us this week then. Uh, Thanks for joining us as always. If you joined us on the Facebook live stream, uh, be sure to check out Granny's PT's Facebook group. Uh, Drop trailers and other, all other kinds of stories that don't make the show. So come check us out there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Check out Pop Culture Pros at popculturepros.com. Because that's what we are presented by, Pop Culture Pros. We got a comment getting in at the last second here. 
Cedrez, who is a big Turtles guy, who I'm very shocked he's having hey. joined us for this. Hey, boys, what's up, Rick? What's going on, man? I guess the Rays game probably ended. That's where he was going tonight. Um, oh, Rick also texted us while we were doing this a picture ah. of Turtles in Time. Oh, wow. He's the playing arcade. It. Oh, that, is that, I guess that's probably by the... He has this really cool, like, barcade-type place by his house. That's freaking awesome. That's awesome. We were playing Captain America and the Avengers there nice. when we were drinking nice. a whole bunch. So, uh, of course he was Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> checking us out on YouTube. Check out Pop Culture Pro. Subscribe there. Checking us out on X. Be sure to follow at Pop Culture Pros or whatever it is they even follow anymore. I don't know. Who knows? They'll probably change that too. They'll say mark the spot on this person. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, wherever you find your audio only podcast, subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. A lot of cool stuff on the network. Uh, Jason and I will be back next week. Uh, we are not done with the turtles, not quite yet. Next week is all turtles, actually. Whew. And Batman. That's right. We will be discussing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action reboot, the Michael Bay produced one, uh, with Megan Fox as April O'Neil this time. So we'll be Weird. seeing how that goes. Yes, it'll be kind of hopefully no PTSD from the Bayformers ever because we're getting turtles, but a little Transformers type stuff. I was gonna say this this is literally the first episode since the Bayformers. I didn't mention it. I'm just getting over it, so I, I hope I don't get triggered. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, hopefully, I remember. I remember kind of liking this movie, so I think we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and we will be talking about a animated film which has gotten rave reviews, and I have shockingly not watched, but it'll be the first time. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then I know that was Warner Brothers produced, so I'm curious to see how that goes because we both agree we love the work that. Uh, Warner Brothers does with the DC animated movies, so to see the turtles in that, that should be pretty awesome. Yeah, I so, cannot uh, wait to see how Batman hands the four Ninja Turtles their asses because that's what's gonna happen, guys. He's Batman. You're gonna critique. You're gonna critique that fight if they get one shot in on Batman. You can, like I'm shutting this off. No, no, no that's I'm, no, I won't. I'll watch it and I'll take notes and I'll come here and I will very. I will go <laughs> through the fight inch by inch, telling you where it's wrong. <laughs> so yeah be sure to check us out next week for that. all right we'll talk to you later peace cowabunga